Um, so I had no brilliant words of wisdom to share, but I thought I'd share a certain perspective that might be um, pretty obvious, but maybe something that's helpful to um, Chazer um, to some extent. Okay, so I just figured that right now we're in the season of, you know, thinking about, you know, Sira, trying to give COVID to, uh, to some of our friends, maybe ourselves. Um, welcome, Reb Simcha. How are you? Reb Simcha, welcome. Okay, there we Hi, go. How are you? Thank you. Okay, thanks for okay. joining us. Good to be here. Okay, so I just figured that sometime, you know, during this season of thinking about Omer, trying to uh, be careful about giving COVID to our friends, and in the season of Tazria, Mitzorah, thinking a lot about Saras and trying to um, get better at speaking in a more positive way about our friends. So maybe a little uh, discussion group about maybe some strategies or tools or perspectives, you know, that could be helpful in order to try to make some sort of meaningful uh, headway. Wow, that was a good catch, Rabbi. Very impressive. No, <laughs> so I'm with you. I'm with you. Not a problem. Uh, you can, uh, you know, you can uh, do more than one thing at once, as as much as you would like. But, I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay, great. So let's let's maybe have a little discussion about trying to find some tools and strategies for making some meaningful progress in treating others with respect. And at the same time, you know, maybe not speaking in a negative way about others. So to me, it sounds like one of the most important things to do is if we want to work on this, uh, one of these two goals, to stop hurting others with our words as much as we do sometimes, or to speak in a more positive way about others, to treat others in a more productive manner. I feel like in order to really make meaningful steps in a positive direction, we need to have more of like a holistic approach rather than just saying to ourselves, I'm gonna stop speaking Lashon Hara to some extent. You know, to have like a focus on, it's really us or it's really bad, it's really inappropriate, I'm gonna stop. Um, I feel like, you know, that could be somewhat helpful but probably if we look at a bigger picture of trying to approach it in a manner where we can really see why is it that we speak Lashon Hara? Um, what is it about us? What is it about the other person? What is it about the situation? You know, what are the motivations for us to speak Lashon Hara? What are the justifications for us to speak Lashon Hara? Why is it so difficult for us to stop or to really make meaningful improvements? And in a way, if we look at it more in that kind of context, we're probably more likely to make meaningful steps towards speaking less Lashon Hara or to speak in a more positive way about our friends, neighbors, or uh, um, others in general. So if we look at it in a broader kind of sense, really, why is it that it's so hard to stop speaking Lashon Hara? Welcome, Rib David. Thanks for joining us. Um, so if we look at it in more 
of a general kind of context, it might be easier to really make meaningful, long-lasting, um, productive steps as far as trying to stop speaking as much Lashon Hara, or in general, to treat others with uh, more respect. So I think that's just like one perspective of how to approach it. But one of the areas within that, that I think is extremely helpful and probably not overlooked uh, as much, but uh, maybe sometimes a little bit overlooked, is the fact that I think the way that we look and think about other people is probably the source of how we're going to treat them. Sounds pretty uh, simple when you think about it, when you say it in those terms. But a lot of the goal of not speaking Lashon Hara or treating others with respect really, you know, starts with like our mindset. How do we look at other people? How do we think about other people? Like Lamashal, if we think about someone who does lots of Averos, at least in our mind, we think they do lots of Averos. If we're condescending toward them, if we're scornful toward them, maybe if we're like critical toward them, if we condemn them, if we have like contempt, you know, for them. But then we're told, but make sure to speak Lashon Hara because he's still B'chal Misecha. You know, it's probably going to be very difficult to avoid speaking Lashon Hara about them. Now, certainly if the guy has a different political uh, um, perspective on life than we do, you know, it's sometimes hard to not be condescending, scornful, and uh, all the other various uh, aspects of looking down on the person. And it seems like it's like really hard if, if like in our mind, you know, we're looking at the world that unfortunately we live in a world with a bunch of, you know, Balea a bunch of people who are really very far from, you know, doing the right thing. And if we, if in our minds we condemn them, we're critical of them, we're uh, condescending toward them. If we have contempt, you know, for some of the people who um, have these kind of behaviors, you know, whether they're, you know, reform or conservative or modern Orthodox or yeshivish or Hasidish or someone a little to the right of us, a little to the left of us, you know, if our starting point is, if you're not exactly like I am on Sunday on Sunday and on Monday on Monday, and don't be like the way I am on Sunday on Monday, you know, because we ourselves are not always in the same spot. But like, I guess I'm just really exaggerating a little bit, but if our starting point is that other people are very bad and in an unjustified, not understandable kind of manner, it's going to be very hard to then fulfill the mitzvah of trying to treat them with appropriate respect. If... uh, you know, or even on a smaller scale, if someone says a pshat and tosvis that we disagree with, if our starting point is that's a ridiculous, crazy pshat, and you should uh, be informed about that in a very clear kind of manner. And we could apply that to any kind of, you know, aspect of life where our judgments of others would lead us toward feeling, toward thinking the kind of thoughts that had we shared those thoughts, they would be Lush and hard then it's sort of like, you know, if you have, you know, the cow walking, you know, in the field grazing and you put a muzzle over it, 
you know, you're not allowed to do that because like there's such a strong desire. The animal wants to be eating. Like how could you muzzle the animal while it's seeing its food? So if we're trying to go through life, really looking to really rip on others and trying to hold back because it's usser, that's not really going to work so well. Um, not only is it not going to work so well, but it's really obviously not the right way to live our lives and to think about others. So I guess, you know, obviously, thankfully, you know, we're not really um, generally in that kind of mind frame, frame of mind where it's like pervasive, our negativity toward others. But, you know, there are many levels of growth in that kind of area. And I think in a way, the most meaningful kind of effect that we could have in our behaviors, in the way that we think the way that we act toward others and the way that we speak about others probably really starts with um, the way that we think about others. And if we try to really make some sort of meaningful headway as far as thinking about others in a more productive, more appropriate kind of manner, then probably the effects that that's going to have on the way that we speak about others, the way that we're going to treat others is probably going to be um, very significant. So that's, I guess, an approach, you know, that's part of a more holistic approach toward trying to treat others better. But, you know, one of the big areas of that overall holistic kind of approach toward that is really trying to get a sense of where do things start from? The way that I speak about others really begins with the way that I think about others. And the way that I treat others with my behaviors also very much relates to how I think about others. So if we could make some sort of meaningful headway in that kind of area, I think that that's probably going to lead to more of a long-term kind of more positive attitude and feeling about others, which itself is a great success, together with the fact that it's going to affect how we speak about others, and it's going to have an effect about how we speak to others or how we treat them um, in other kinds of ways. So that's, um, I guess, one thought process that I had. Um, what do you guys think about that? Any thoughts about that, feelings? What do you guys say? Um, agree, disagree? So, what do you, what do you so, so again, Rabbi Goldman. Sure, please. So again, so just the premise of what I understood was that before you start thinking about like, Shmira Salashin as like a set of rules. It's like first just like approach. How do we think about a human being? Mm -hmm. And if it's like this human being that like we respect and we understand who they are and we appreciate from them, then we're gonna obviously talk about them differently because we understand more. And then like after the fact, after you understand them like a person, then we can think about rules and stuff like that. Is that right? I think that's a very good way to look at it is it gives a context to what the rules are supposed to be, you know, that, or at least one way to look at how to implement the rules in a meaningful and successful kind of manner. And yes, I, I think that's extremely helpful. And in a way you could learn from the rules about how we should think about people. In a way, um, you know, you could look at the rules and really be thinking about the fact that Hashem sets up this whole system of Lush and Hara with thinking about the tsaras and how extreme of a punishment that people get from tsaras. Like, what are these rules all about? It sounds like almost crazy. 
you know, like Hashem cares so much about whether or not I speak in a negative way about others. And then you look back and like, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> what does that tell me about Hashem? What does that tell me about the Torah? What does that tell me about how I should think about other people? So, um, so I guess that's really, you know, one just overall area of encouragement is if we really want to work on trying to get better at how we speak about people, probably the first step or one of the most important steps is really to try to have um, an improvement in how we think about others. So maybe, I guess the second thing that hits me is, you know, maybe it sounds like a very big project to work on. Okay, I'm going to start thinking about others in a different kind of way. But, you know, one way to sometimes, one strategy for how to approach this, now every person needs a different strategy because we're all different and there's no one, you know, strategy for how to, how to accomplish, you know, this kind of goal. But one strategy that might make a lot of sense is, let's say we all took one relationship that we have where we know that maybe not even the hardest one because that's not always the best place to start is the hardest relationship. But let's say we know there's one relationship that I have where I'm a little too condescending toward the person. I'm a little too scornful. I'm a little too critical. I condemn the person a little too much. Maybe I even have some contempt toward them. And if we think here's a person that I probably end up speaking Lashnahar about the person as well. And even if I don't, you know, it's probably, these are not the kinds of thoughts that we really want to have about another human being. And certainly a lot of times it's even the kind of person who really is very far from really deserving a lot of these uh, kind of uh, attitudes toward them. I mean, that's really true for everyone, but really, let's say we really recognize there's a person in my life that I know that the way I think about them is in a very negative kind of manner. Let me try to work on figuring out how do I look at, how do I think about this person differently? Sometimes our initial reaction is, yeah, but, but what do you mean? He is a horrible human being. Is, doesn't he do horrible things? Doesn't he do really, really terrible things? And there might be a certain element of truth to that. But maybe then we could think, okay, but does that mean that my thought process about the person is really accurate. And uh, maybe there's a lot of room that I could grow in how I could think about the person differently, you know, even without making him into Moshe Rabbeinu, right? That's probably not the goal is to take every average, every person and try to pretend that they're Moshe Rabbeinu. But what is the real true, honest, way, an appropriate way that I should think about this person, where right now I might know that I condemn the person in my mind. They're horrible. I'm very often very critical of the person. I might even be condescending and sarcastic in the way that I think about them, the way that I treat them. So is there a better way that I can think about them? Because one thing that's pretty much guaranteed <laughs> is if I just try to treat them differently without changing my attitude about them, it's likely that it's not going to make any long-term improvements. It's, uh, it's really not going to work so well because, you know, if we really think that the person is terrible and horrible, but I'm going to work on not saying anything negative about them, 
So maybe it'll work, maybe first, you know, sometimes that's a good strategy, but my assumption is that that's often not really gonna work out so well. So I think if we take one example of like one person in our life and we try to figure out how can I think about this person differently? And with a goal of thinking about them in a more positive kind of way, and maybe having a goal of speaking about them or to them or treating them in general in a more respectful kind of way. So if we take that one person, we'll probably really learn a lot, not only about ourselves, but we'll learn a lot about the whole process of, you know, we might run into a problem of, but I don't really know how to think about the person differently. So maybe we'll have to sit down and really try to figure that out. Is there a way that I could think about the person in a more positive manner? Probably what we'll also run into is we'll recognize that it's not only my negative thoughts about the person, but maybe there's a reason why the person's getting under my skin. Maybe there's a reason why I don't want to think about the person in a positive way. Maybe they've hurt me. Maybe they get in the way of something that I feel like would be helpful for my success. Maybe it makes me feel good to put them down because this way I could feel better about who I am. So in a way, if we take like that one person and that one project, sometimes, you know, in the more, we'll be able to start developing more of that holistic kind of approach for getting better because we'll have some more self-awareness of why is it that I feel such a compulsion to think negative? Or why do I feel so motivated to be negative and condescending toward them? Like, why do I find it so hard? Is it really just intellectually, you know, that it's hard for me to process, you know, who they are as a person in a positive way? That might be part of it. But also maybe there's some reason why they're getting under my skin. Maybe there's some reason why it's very difficult for me to deal with them. And then we could recognize if I really want to make a productive step toward treating the person more productively, you know, I really maybe have to think about, um, you know, what's going on within me that's motivating me to try to be more negative for the person. Um, so I don't know. So I guess that's like part two of what I wanted to, uh, I guess, part three. Like one Dehara, I think, is generally a holistic approach toward treating other people better is probably a good idea because just trying to work on being more motivated to to not speak less is probably very difficult to really make any meaningful progress in that area, or at least it's probably not the best way to, to do it, rather to look at the overall picture and see why am I speaking, what's motivating me, what's holding me back from you know, really working on it in a meaningful kind of way. So I guess that's step one. Step two I thought was helpful to share was really one of the big factors <laughs> In our speaking lesson hard is often based on the way that we talk about it. This green ball that had that big green ball we found. Yeah. Rabbi, quick question. Yes. Um, shalom Aleichem. Um, I if you mute, you know, the background, it might be a little easier. Okay, no, no, I'm 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 I'm, I'm back now. Oh okay. everything is good now. I, I oh, got to a uh, is that I thought the, it was. I thought. I thought the sound was off. That was you hit the. the, the not the a problem at all. Yeah. 
Rabbi, we love how you are. Oh, wow, Moshe Aaron. Shalom Aleichem, Thank you, thank you. And Mazel Tov. Thank you, thank you. Okay, amazing. Mazel Tov, Moshe Aaron. Thank you, thank you all. Appreciate it. Okay. All part of the Simcha. Okay, yes. we're back. We're back in, in a good, good, quiet spot. Sorry about that. Okay, thank you. No, yes. it's not. No problems at all. I just thought it might be a little okay. bit easier to. Uh, okay. To yes. Okay. Great. So, so Rabbi, I have three suggestions. I guess. Okay. Be, suggestion number one is: it seems like we want to work on a project of treating someone else with respect, or right. treating people with respect in general. Probably. A more holistic approach, you know, is probably more helpful rather than just focusing on, hey, I want to um, be motivated to not do averos. You know, because that yes. itself often um, is somewhat limited in its ability yes. to really accomplish too much when there's really so much going on within us that yes. holds us back from really accomplishing um, yep. our goal. A second yeah. goal would be that within that overall approach, probably not underestimating the benefits of working through our thoughts and how we're thinking about other people. And to try to really recognize that if I want to really treat others better, it's probably not going to work if I really don't think about them in a positive light. If I think about them, the more of a negative, condescending, critical, antagonistic um, way that I think about them, then probably... A, it's a problem on its own. And even if I don't end up speaking in a negative way about them, I've really um, hurt myself a lot by really being the kind of person who has these kinds of thoughts. And realistically, if we really want to treat the others better, when we are not really thinking about them in a very positive light at all, it's going to be really hard to accomplish that goal. So I guess that was thought process number two. And yeah. thought process, yeah, I'm sorry, what were you saying? No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, and I guess thought process number three is that probably it's a good idea to maybe take someone in our lives. Um, I'm trying to think about uh, some possibilities as we're speaking, you know, for myself, but we all have um, certain uh, repeat victims, you know, that we have in our, in our lives that you know, there's someone who we know that we speak too much Lashon Hara about, or there's someone who we know that maybe we'd, we would want to work on treating them with more respect in some manner. And probably, you know, in a way, if we go through the season of uh, focusing on Tazria, Mitzora, you know, Spirasa Omer, it's probably good to have some sort of tangible project that we can grab hold of, where we can think to ourselves, here's one person I want to treat better. And if there's one person I want to treat better with more respect or with less of a negativity, and we could really try to work on thinking about the person in a more positive light, that might be something that could really make a meaningful difference, both in our relationship with that person, and it could probably make a meaningful um, difference once we have that experience of really growing in that kind of area in a meaningful kind of way, it probably plays out in other relationships as well. So that was thought process um, number three. And I guess maybe thought process number four is if we do take one person and we really try to work on thinking about them in a more positive light, 
we'll probably learn a lot from that um, experience because we'll probably run into a number of different problems. One problem we'll probably have is, but what do you mean? The guy isn't such a nice person. And especially if it's the kind of person who really isn't such a nice person to me. It's hard. Like, what do you mean? I should think about so-and-so. What, he's a tzaddik? He's not a tzaddik. Like, what, I should uh, be ignoring the realities of who he is and what he does? Like, that's naive. Like, how am I supposed to do that? Like, how am I supposed to really get, think about the person in a more positive kind of light? That's very, very difficult thing to do. I hope you have an answer to this question. Um, <laughs> that's, that's for rubbish. You Schmitt. cannot leave us just for the question and say, like, now go figure it out. <laughs> we came here to get answers to these questions, not just to realize it is a problem. <laughs> uh, I think that's, uh, I think Chach is in charge, is in charge of that part. Um, but. <laughs> Man. In that case, we're in trouble. <laughs> no, no, no. But I think we could all really, in a way, if the answers were something that really could be um, addressed um, in a short conversation, we probably would have them all by now. But in a way- No, no, really... no not, not necessarily, we never really tried. <laughs> that could be true. <laughs> but what I'm encouraging is really something, I'm encouraging myself and hopefully I'm gonna do this, is really taking one person that I know that I have certain thought processes about the person that are really too critical. And I know that the reality is that I think about them in a more negative way than I really should. And whether it's just being critical, maybe it's sometimes scornful. I just wrote down a few adjectives. It's, there's probably more of them that could help really define how exactly we're thinking about this, you know, each specific person, whether it's condescending, you know, whether it's I have contempt toward them based on my thoughts. You know, if we really try to break down this one person that I want to choose, who I'm having a really hard time treating them with respect, and I know a lot of it relates to how I think about the person. So we'll really, I think, maybe be stuck initially. How can I think about the person differently? I think a second benefit is we'll probably start to have more self-awareness to recognize, I know this is something Rabbi Schmidman was uh, mentioning to me earlier today, about the fact that if we're looking down on someone about something, sometimes there's something going on within myself, you know, that's really being triggered. That I have a hard time really respecting this person, maybe because it makes me feel better, you know, when I can finally be better than someone. Or maybe specifically about this kind of person being better than them in one area, when in some ways, maybe in a different area, them being who they are makes me feel bad about myself. Or in many other kind of ways, just in general, like I like to be the chacham in this kind of manner where I can show people how smart I am by showing other people how they're, that other people are not so smart. But I can learn a lot about myself. You know, speaking about the holistic kind of approach, often the reason why we're doing it is not just because we don't recognize the severity of Lashon Hara. That is a big piece. The Chavetz Chaim certainly highlights that a lot of the reason why we speak Lashon Hara or don't treat other people in the right kind of way is sometimes based on a lack of motivation. That We don't realize how important it is to treat others in a more po proper manner. Or sometimes we don't realize how damaging it is 
to others when we speak in a negative manner about them. And those are some of the more classic aspects that we're encouraged to do as far as not speaking Lashon Hara. Do you know how much you're hurting the person? So certainly that's a big part of working on Lashon Hara. The second area might be that, do you know how important it is, how big a mitzvah it is to not speak Lashon Hara? That's also a really important area. But sometimes more in the, in the how, how am I supposed to get better? Is something that really, I guess, just from a um, simple reading of the Sefer Chavetz Chaim, and maybe even from a deeper reading, it's a little bit unclear. Like he doesn't really focus so much on, but how do I think about the person in a more positive kind of manner? How do I look into myself to see what's really motivating me? Maybe there's a third aspect of, What's allowing me to feel justified to really speak in a negative manner about the person? And very often when we really break down within one person, our relationship with that one person, we can start to see, but I really feel like I am justified because he's really hurt me or he's really a bad person or he's really someone that makes me feel bad about myself or I feel like it shouldn't really be such a big deal because of A, B, and C. And really, when we work on like one project, it really helps us understand a little more clearly, like what is it about Lashon Hara? What, is, what are the different dynamics that are involved in what causes us to speak Lashon Hara or what could help us really move away from that kind of um, behavior? So I think it's an amazing kind of thing if we take like a focus on maybe one person and really try to figure out how do I make a meaningful step in the right direction um, related to this one person? And I think we'll learn a lot about ourselves, about Lashon Hara, and you know, maybe we'll get stuck and we'll need to uh, you know, follow what Rabbi Shmimin was saying. I don't know, let's call a mentor. Let's, uh, I know Rabbi Shmimin's very good at answering his phone. So uh, he's, I'm offering his uh, services. So, uh, you know, I'm, looking I'm, for- I'm mentor. offering my services right now. Okay, good. Please. Um, while, while, while I'm still available, I would like, definitely want to jump in here. Yeah. Um, I have um, two, maybe three thoughts. Awesome. Number one, the, the, well, the primary is like Achashem Shnayim. The first primary step has to be to be Mikabal the Amuna, that no person in the world has anything to do with any discomfort of the slightest, tiniest nature that I experience. Hashem has many, many shluchim. This person would be the true side, the gummer that he hopefully potentially could be. That same discomfort would come from a different source. So the person is absolutely they are nothing in terms of my experience. They have their own choices to make. It's hard for us to judge you know, their, their point, the Bechira, but that's not even the main point. Like me, myself, I am not being affected by them. He who's it. Right, certainly. Right, that's, that, that, that's the first Nakuta. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so going hand in hand, that that desire to put them down is um, a very ineffective way to try and help me feel better about myself. If uh, naturally I feel not so good or feel hurt and I want to correct that or restore that or somehow um, fix that, 
it's not going to be accomplished by um, the negativity of putting somebody else down. That's mm-hmm. not a good way to build myself back up again. Mm-hmm. Um, so the person is not the cause, and this is not the solution. Mm-hmm. But I think perhaps the real Iker um, angle is the same one that we would use regarding ourselves. If we would somehow discover in ourselves feeling very contemptful and scornful towards ourselves, mm-hmm. and feeling very bad about a lot of our shortcomings and feeling that we're very failed and cannot succeed and cannot do what other people could do. And we'd have to also employ the Muna to recognize Hashem has designed me in his infinite wisdom in a way that I cannot possibly fathom exactly as I am supposed to be with all these challenges. They are designed perfectly for the end goal of my having something to try to overcome and somehow grow above and come close to Hashem. There's nothing here that is a, that, that is a criticism to me. That's, that's a cause of contempt to me. It's all Hashem's creation. Oh, if I made some bad choices along the way, that made things harder for me, I can fix them up. Okay, fine. But the essential core tendency to all these failings that I might find in myself, they're Hashem's creation. It's the same thing in the other person. Everything else within them that may cause them to somehow, in my estimation, be quite failed, they are essentially Hashem's creation, which the other person may not yet have addressed, may not know how to address, may not even be aware of, unfortunately. And yet, Hashem has a reason why they should have that very challenged nature that they have. That could play out seemingly as the cause of a lot of discomfort to me, which is, of course, not the real cause. So Hashem has given them all their craziness. And Hashem has given me all my challenges. And we have to embrace it all. With them. Okay. That's definitely very, <laughs> that's definitely very helpful. Um, and that's that, not intended to be the entire story. Just the thoughts that are coming to my mind now. Right, for sure. And it's definitely a big part of how to um, deal with our negativity that we feel toward others. Um, probably, you know, if we think about the other pieces of the puzzle as well, though, like, let's say I realize that I have a hard time respecting someone. So in a way, you know, the pieces of the puzzle that you're describing really help us to deal with not having such a neg- negative thoughts, not having such negative thoughts toward the person. But in a way, we'll still be stuck with a mindset of, I don't um, blame the person, but Hashem is the one who made him into a fool. You know, if that's our mindset, let's say Hashem we're trying to... Him- Hashem gave him that challenge. Mm-hmm. Hashem gave him some means to try to somehow mm-hmm. rise above that. It's far, mm-hmm. far from us able to judge his Nakudas Abakira of has he done what he needs to do. And we only Hashem knows the lay of a person. Only Hashem knows. So could it be that Hashem would give him such a challenge to be so failed and so so misguided? Yes, it could be, because it is. <laughs> right, that's that's certainly very helpful. First of all, welcome, Rukhia. Thank you for joining us. Oh, <laughs> uh, likewise. Okay, so um, thank you, so, thank you. 
Okay, thank you. We're, we're trying to figure out some just productive steps toward making meaningful um, headway as far as treating others with more respect. So just we've thrown out like a number of different things between uh, all of us as far as, you know, certain things that could really be helpful to, um, to do, to, to think about that would really make our ability to treat others with more respect um, much easier, much more effective. So certainly recognizing that everything's from Hashem is certainly helpful. Certainly recognizing that everyone has their own situation in life. Trying to really live a day in someone else's shoes is something that's really, really complicated. Um, someone was actually telling me the other day that the, the phrase in some circles is living a day in someone else's moccasins. So apparently that was a, uh, an expression uh, from back with the uh, Native Americans. But really trying to get a sense. You know, I just had one example this morning. I was learning some Navi with some people and we were discussing, you know, Shalomelech. That here's Shaul who's uh, out to go kill David. So these weren't exactly people with a great Torah background who um, valued who a Shaul was from a Torah perspective. But when you think about it on the surface, here you have someone who seems to be, you know, a raging, jealous, um, egotistical king who is out to kill his enemies. You know, anyone who's a potential threat to his, uh, his kingdom. So what does he do? He uh, goes to try to eliminate his enemies. And there's certainly a certain perspective of truth to that. But in a way, just by learning the story and stepping a little bit more into Shalom Elach's shoes, you know, you just get a totally different like perspective. It's still hard to know what exactly was going on there. But, you know, starting with a recognition of here's someone who had, you know, through tremendous um, Siata Deshmaya or Maybe I don't know how to describe it, but Hashem created an aura of depression within Shal, according to many of the Mepharshim. I don't know if you call it depression directly, but it's something in that uh, circle. And he's someone who had tremendous anxiety from the fact that he was informed that he's going to lose his kingdom. And he recognized that David Amelech seems to be his successor. And his successor is becoming more and more and more um, successful. And in the eyes of Hashem, he seems to be someone who keeps getting um, victory after victory. In the eyes of all of Klai Yisrael, he seems to get victory after victory. His own son and daughter really um, befriend him as you know their, their closest friends. So in a way, when you just get a little bit of a sense of, let me step into Shalom Elch's shoes. Why is Hashem bringing all of this upon him? Hashem is making his situation so, so, so difficult, almost impossible, you know, to manage, you know, where Hashem refers to, a lot of the Mepharshim refer to it as like a, um, some sort of like Ruach Ra, like that came upon him. It seems like maybe some sort of like massive depression or emotional stress and turmoil, you know, that he was uh, faced with. And like, what did he do wrong? Like, l'shem shemayim, like he had a little extra rachmanus on, on, the, uh, on the sheep, you know, of Amalek. He didn't kill Agag, you know, quick enough. Like, there are dakidakis of like sin, you know, averos. So in a way, obviously, there's a perspective where Hashem knows exactly what nisyonos everyone needs, and Hashem knows exactly what the right um, approach is. But within the same conversation, it starts out as, 
Shalomalach, he's such a killer, he's a raving lunatic, you know, from one perspective. Then you get into the story and like, wow, what do you want from the guy? It's just like a little bit of a theory. You know, I was thinking about, you know, the thoughts about how to think about others, where sometimes, you know, stepping a little bit into someone else's shoes can change our perspective about the person, like Yom and Valila. Like, in a way, going from, he should be so accountable. What a murderer. And what do you mean? That's what the Pasuk says, that he, uh, and that's, it's on the news. It was very clear. Look at what he did. You know, and then when you look a little bit further into the news, it's not that you discovered that the first thing wasn't true, but you just understand a little bit more of the background to the extent where it's like, how could you hold him accountable at all? So sometimes, you know, so much of, you know, judging others really comes from a lot of presumptions as far as I know what's going on. I know the whole story. I can I have the ability to judge the person because of the fact that I know enough of the facts that make it very understandable. You know, that if I was in that situation, I would have done things totally differently because of the fact that I'm good, I'm smart, I'm wise, and he's, you know, the opposite. So I think that's also obviously a very, very important part. You know, the fact that we are sometimes very presumptuous of the fact that we understand and can relate to the situation of the other person, you know, that we're, um, you know, that we're thinking about, that we're judging. And really the reality is we often generally know about, best case scenario, we know about 10% of the facts. And certainly even if we know the facts, but we don't know the person's, you know, their nature, their nurture, their experiences, and how these facts really affect them. And in a way, you know, that certainly creates a lot of our images that we create in our minds about how to judge the person. But I think also, you know, one of the biggest tools and strategies for how to really work through our perspective that we have about others is really sometimes, you know, I, was, I had a conversation with someone on Shabbos where the person was talking about someone who was giving him a hard time. And the person was really highlighting, you know, so much, you know what he's doing, he's doing A, B, and C, and that's really, um, that's really terrible, it's really horrible. I have to tell him how terrible what he's doing is, and that'll get him to hopefully stop. And then he was, you know, talking about it more and more, and he was quoting, you know, John Gottman says that if you have contempt for someone, you know, it's gonna be really, really hard to, um, work through your relationship and bring it to a positive way. So as we spoke about it more and more, it was really he himself really came to the conclusion. It wasn't really something that I said, but he came to the conclusion throughout the conversation that he's like, you know what? I think he's actually just focused on himself. He's not really out to be rude to me. He's not out to be attacking to me. You know, really if he had more respect for me, he would probably be more sensitive. But right now it's not coming from a desire to hurt me. It's not coming from a desire to be nasty to me. And you know what? He actually doesn't have any contempt toward me. I think the way that I feel toward him is I'm the one with the contempt because I'm judging him to be nasty, antagonistic. And really so much of that development came from two things like A, 
you know, as he spoke out what was going on, he got a better understanding of where the other person was coming from. And a lot of it was just him, he himself trying to figure out, like I asked him like a few questions, like, why do you think he does that? Why do you think it's important? Why do you think he doesn't care? And like, he started to like, think about it. And he spelled it out in his mind. The difference so often between, you know, he is someone who's nasty, antagonistic, and trying to be hurtful to me, as opposed to sometimes recognizing, I guess this is something that's so important to him. And I didn't realize that. And of course, maybe he should have been more respectful to me and how he went about um, approaching his needs. But you know what? That's a totally different thing. So I think that's one thing is that sometimes separating the difference between looking at someone as antagonistic, rude, horrible, um, as opposed to someone who may not be doing the best thing, but he's really having a hard time because he needs to take care of certain needs of his and maybe he's a little selfish, maybe he's a little egotistical, like, okay, I can handle that. So I think that's one piece of the puzzle that I saw from that situation. And I think the second thing was, then I asked the person, can you identify what your needs are in this situation? And can you find a way to be assertive about your needs in a way where you could tell the person, I know that this A, B, and C is important to you, but you know what? It's very important for me, for you not to do A, B, and C to me. And sometimes, you know, a big part of why we speak negatively about others is because, you know, we feel afraid that our needs are being trampled. And sometimes really being able to be assertive in a respectful kind of manner really holds us back from really being so threatened by the other person's behavior. Because I'm allowed to be assertive. I'm not, he's not a terrible guy. I'm not a terrible guy. But like I have needs and right now he's stepping on them. And I want to be assertive. Please don't step on my needs. And, but what do you mean? He's horrible. So it's hard. Obviously, this is just like, a, you know, the tip of the iceberg. But I think really, again, just really, if there's two things that I would encourage both for myself and for all of us, is if we could take one person in our life, you know, during this time of Sphira, talking about Tazria and Mitzora, someone that we feel like, I really wish I treated this person with more respect. It's the right thing to do. It's maybe beneficial for me. It's an important relationship for me. And to really mostly focus on, A, how can I think about the person in a better manner? And then B, if there are things standing in my way, what are those things? And to try to really work it through in a more holistic kind of way. Like what's bothering me about them? Why is it so hurtful to me? Is there something I can do? But if we take one person that we have a negative relationship with, and really try to make some sort of meaningful steps in the right direction, then we've taken this time of year and we've really made meaningful progress. Because um, probably another schmooze, another, another speech about it is probably not really what we're missing, but really taking some sort of tangible relationship in our life and trying to improve it based on having a better perspective and a better thought process about the person and really trying to work it through in a way that it affects our behavior and our speech as well. So that would be my, uh, my encouragement. And I'm gonna try not to be guilty of encouraging others of something that I'm not gonna do, although that's probably what I'm gonna do. So uh, let's all try to do our best. Does this apply even if you feel that, let's say someone in the shul that you're having with is a little controlling? Let's no. say the guy seems to be a little controlling. So like oh. it's... Uh, so I guess that would be a really good thing. Rabbi Shmimin offered his services to really work through as a mentor, 
for uh, how to work through any one specific situation. But I think like, you have the magic, Rabbi, from that conversation. It sounds like the best person <laughs> to speak to is you. Uh, I'm not <laughs> sure about that. But Rupriya, I would say that one of the most important challenges that sometimes we have is that we think, but this person is too controlling. And it, make, it gets under my skin. And he's controlling because he's a bad person and he's hurtful to me. And so then that's, that's a lot of really what I'm trying to encourage is that a lot of times the way we approach that is by saying to ourselves, but it's us or to speak Lashon Har about him. And that alone doesn't really work because it's like trying to fix a muffler when you don't know anything about a car. I really want the muffler to work. So you take the muffler and you try to stick it in there and it's not going to work because you don't know what you're doing. So I think in the same kind of way, the how is just as important as the why. The why I shouldn't speak Lashon Hara is super important. But how do I do it? Like he's getting under my skin every week and he's a hor- doing a horrible thing. So I think the how really has to begin with trying to understand where he's coming from. Trying to have a better picture of why does it bother me? Why is it getting under my skin? And the more we understand where he's coming from and we try to understand why it's bothering me and we try to maybe accept the reality of there's some problems that I can't solve. But, um, you know, I asked the, the, the guys in this uh, discussion this morning, what would you do if you were Shal and you had no meet those problems? <laughs> Obviously, you know, that's a tricky kind of thing where he basically recognized that Hashem's taking away my malucha and it might be David Amel who's going to be taking it and there's nothing I can do. And that recognition that sometimes acceptance is the hardest thing in the world. I have a relationship that I wish I had control over. I wish I could stop the person from doing what they're doing. And sometimes if we can be assertive in a respectful way, that's the best thing to do. But sometimes being accepting our reality and recognizing my job in life is just one thing. Try to do things that are appropriate and productive with our lives. And the things that we can't control, we can't control. That's all Hashem. It's up to Hashem to uh, make those determinations. So if there's something you could do about the Gabai, great. If there's nothing you can do, it's up to Hashem. But why does it bother me is a good question I would ask myself. And where is he coming from? Why is he doing that? What are the needs that he might have in his life that might be causing him to be assertive in the wrong kind of way? If I was in his shoes, would I do the same thing as he is doing? And so in a way, there's so many different parts to every situation. So really, I guess the goal is really look at it holistically, try to figure out what's happening, try to figure out what's going on, as opposed to sometimes, you know, when we look at the situation, I'm not allowed to have negative thoughts about him. So I'm going to stop. That's like saying that to your toothache. It doesn't work. You know, I don't want my tooth to hurt. So it's going to stop hurting. You know, it doesn't, doesn't really work like that in the same kind of way. Over here it might be a little different, but it's not that different. So actually, I have to go to Mincha. So, but I want to uh, thank everyone for joining us. And please, uh, if I tell you, if I say enough times that we should all pick someone, maybe I'll actually do it myself. So, uh, everyone, have a great, great day. Thank you for joining us. And be well. Okay, take care. Thank you. I have one more thought. Here. Yes, Rebbe, I'm here. Yes, yes. I just wanted to share one thought that um, I left out before, which is that um, if a person is really eager 
and sincerely wants to grow in their own understanding of people, so we could use even those very difficult situations as opportunity to try to understand something about the unbelievable complexity of people. Because we're only seeing the bottom line, the, the behavior that comes out of it. But what is the behind the scenes? What could possibly be, you know, underneath all that? What's, you know, power and, and complexity and causes and levels? So the, the, the desire to look at another person in a more open kind of way is not just for the sake of being uh, kind and compassionate to them and not be hurtful to them, not just in the kind of mitzvah of Lashnahara, not to do an Isra Lashnahara, not just to try to help myself not be so hurt by their behavior to me, but to try to understand what is a mensch all about? Like this Bria, wow, what a pella the Devishta made. What a pella. It helps to learn a little bit, to read a little bit about, you know, what could be going on in a person and then see when it's playing out Lamaisa, like, wow, that's what I read about. Wow. So it's sort of like <laughs> more of an objective view. Right, like, so maybe like like an outsider's look, like, and then I'm, right, I'm, 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 I'm coming, I want to discover, I want to learn, I want to see, like, like how, <laughs> I mean, it can be hard when I'm affected, of course, I'm, it's hard, like, I, it, it's, it's, like, you know, it's hard to take that step back and, like, you know, put aside my, 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 my discomfort, my pain, the situ- my hurt in the situation. But, like, okay, let, let's put that aside and let's try to look at, like, what did Abishta make over here? And who knows why, but, like, wow. So that could be enough to, like, to help me, like, okay, like, this, <laughs> it's not just, like, you know, not to have a tightness against him because it's the, the challenge Abishta made, like, he makes sure everybody. We will have to try to, you know, address as best we can. Halavai, we should have some awareness of them. And, you know, some compassion. Somebody has no awareness. But just like to see the, the pella of the mitch. That's, you know, sometimes you wonder, like, what is the bigger chiddush, the shmooze or actual real life? <laughs> we tend to always say, like, the shmooze is the bigger chiddush, you know, like, who could, could we ever find something like this? And then you have life situations that are like, wow, this is like as big a shmooze as the biggest shmooze. <laughs> could it be? Could it be? Yeah, it could be. Look, here it is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, look what they must have made. Wow. <laughs> of course, it helps somebody. It can only be from a sincere desire to really help them. Like the Rambam described when it comes to Tokhacha, to say to the person, I care for you. I want everything good for you. I want you to have the Shlemus of Allah So, Mela, this thing that, you know, you're sort of in the habit of, will be condemned to try to fix it up because it's 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 going to limit you know the full shleimus atayv that's that's Abisha wants you to have and that I also want you to have. So you have to moira the real ava, just from the brotherhood that that that's within us, to be able to approach somebody and say, Efsha, this could be a etza that can make things go smoother for everybody. And maybe they'll be able to hear it. I had experience one time. I don't know what it was that I 
tried to share with somebody. I'm sure it wasn't something very personal, but, uh, you know, it was probably something like, you know, very sort of like, just like sort of superficial nature. And they shared with me years later, they appreciated so much of the way that I spoke to them. I don't remember anything about it. I don't even know what it was about. Right. I didn't tell me what it was about. You know, maybe I, maybe Alfred's a fixture's filling. I don't know what it was, you know, like what it could have been. It wasn't anything like, you know, Grace is Alfred. But just like, you know, speaking to somebody in a sincerely respectful way can be something that other person appreciates. Just like we want for ourselves. If we needed some help, we would want somebody to have that courage to speak to us. Even though it is a little bit painful, but it's still better than, you know, sort of like, you know, being, uh, being just given up on. So we would want that. So we have to, we should try to offer the same service the best we could. Not, not, not easy sometimes, but wherever it's shy, it's Kedai, it's Kedai, it's a Mitzvah Rabbah. Okay. 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 Thank you. Okay. Yes, okay. Have a very good night. Go to. Thank you. Have a good night.